0: Hey, welcome to Hear This. Today we have special guest Lexi Perez and I'm Adam Pretorius and on the far end here we have Emily Farber. Hello, hello. So today we have a very fun uh, uh, podcast. Today we're going to talk about niche markets and dominating your niche market and no one better to do this than with the Bellin team. So Lexi,
1: thank you for coming today.
2: Hey, thanks for the introduction. I appreciate that.
1: I feel like we have a famous person with us. No,
2: you don't. You definitely don't.
1: We do. You are is. you are Williamsburg famous. Yeah. That's
0: you true. are Williamsburg. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there so, you go. I think niche
0: markets are really important though. I think I think I think a lot of agents try to be too broad and they don't narrow it down. And I think that's why we're so excited to have you on today to talk about how you own your niche market, how important that is, but then how it doesn't have to stay just within your niche market. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So when I first started in real estate, you know my mom was saying like, we need to expand, you know, like we're going to have two of us. And then it was three of us and yeah. then it was four of us. So it was like, Williamsburg is a dominant market. Like we, you know, we're very proud to be from Williamsburg. It is our home. So it's an easy home to sell someone else. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we know Williamsburg, like the back of our hand, like I could tell you pretty much every street. Um, And obviously like, it's such a small town that you know, like you do know everyone, you know, when I come to Iowa city or Corville or like, I can go under the radar everywhere. Whereas like, you know, in Williamsburg, like I can't go to the grocery store, Mm -hmm. um, you know, not put together. So, um, no pajamas. Yes. No pajamas. (laughs) Like your last spot. (laughs) Yes. So, um, yes, Williamsburg is our primary, but like we do expand, you know, beyond that. Um, but I will say like, Even when we have like Iowa City um, listings or Cedar Rapids or buyers, like it seems that I always have a Williamsburg connection or someone from Williamsburg told them about me or, Mm -hmm. you know, it does tend to, even if they're not like in a buying in Williamsburg, I get a lot of um, outside of like Iowa County that generated from my connection from Williamsburg.
0: Yeah, because Williamsburg is your capture. And just so the audience knows, so so it's you, your two sisters, and yes. your mom as a team, right?
2: Yes, but my mom just retired, so yeah. yes. So,
0: congratulations yeah, for her. Yeah. But so it's a very tight-knit family, personal feeling for you in this town.
2: Yes, very, very much so. And if you know, like, if you've heard about Williamsburg or you know Williamsburg, it's just like a different community. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm going to, like, buy anything, like, my first go-to is, like, is somebody in Williamsburg have it? Or like, can I buy it from them? Or it's very just like a tight-knit community. I can't really like put my finger on describing it, but... Well, it's a small town. Yes, if, you,
1: if you've if you been there,
2: you kind of know. And But we also like people that move there. We do welcome them in as well. But there are a lot of people that like originally from there, like I will live there forever type of thing. I won't ever relief.
1: <laughs> so the the saying is the riches are in the niches, okay. right? And when, when people start in real estate, the general advice that they're given is you need to differentiate yourself. You need to find what you're really good at and stand out. And most brand new agents are like, uh, I can help anybody buy or sell a house anywhere, anytime. Yes. That is not effective, even though that's that's our initial response is we want to be anything to anybody, anytime, because we don't want to miss out on any business. But once you get going and you you have a couple come-to-Jesus moments where you you make some leaps in your understanding of how the business works— it's true. The riches are in the niches. And I think that all three of us have distilled ourselves down to where we have at least a portion of our business is like it's a core. Mm-hmm. Yours is Williamsburg. That's one of the one of the like big cogwheels in your yeah. business, right? And Adam's big cogwheel is luxury.
0: Helping luxury. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely.
1: Luxury in Iowa City. My big cogwheel is helping relocation buyers who are moving to the Iowa City area from afar.
0: So out-of-towners. Okay, Mm -hmm. good.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that's the thing, right? Like, like you're either one or the other. You're either the master of one or the master of none, right? So if you're looking to start out with something, the best way to differentiate is go to something that you're really well-versed in, such as you. You live in Williamsburg. You breathe Williamsburg. You know Williamsburg. So Williamsburg is where you start it. And then you expanded from there, but you became the master of this one niche area before you expanded to other markets. And I think that smaller focus is important because one, there's less competitors. You're going to know your customers. You're going to know your product and you're going to be able to stand out. And once you became the expert uh, there, you were able to expand very easily. But you have to start with the niche.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would agree completely. So Adam, how did you get into your niche? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How did you become master of luxury?
0: That's a good question. I guess I haven't (laughs) thought about it to analyze it. I mean, I think, look, if you want to break into luxury, you're you're not going to do it unless you are also going to uh, social clubs and events and um, uh, relate to people that are also in the same market as you. Um, Mm -hmm. And you have to do that. So, you know, maybe you're going to a private country club that other people are going to. Um, but you have to sell, live, and know the products there. I have to know, why would somebody spend $20,000 on a refrigerator? Why would mm-hmm. they? Someone might think that's funny, but the type of clients that I work with, they there is value in that, and there's mm-hmm. a reason they like that refrigerator. I know all the brands, that, you know, and I know them from head to toe. And you have to know that because you have to understand your market. You have to understand your competition and you have to relate to the people that are your clients in that market. And I think that's very important. I think a lot of people just think that they're going to, they're just going to jump into a luxury market and it's, it's hard to do, but it's the same way that I don't go to Williamsburg and really act like I know what I'm doing there because I, it's not my, I not, I don't, I don't know where the coffee shop is. I don't know where, you know, why would somebody, For me, I just don't understand the type of client that would live in Williamsburg to know where they would want to be in relation to the coffee shop, to the schools, Mm -hmm. to the grocery store. And you know all that. And so I think the same thing goes then for luxury, right? Like I have to know what my client's needs and wants are and then cater that. The same probably for Mm -hmm. you in a reload. Tell Mm -hmm. me about people relocating the area.
1: So people reach out to me through my YouTube videos all about Iowa City. And when I first started those videos... I did not realize that that was going to be the bulk of the clientele that came to me through it. Mm -hmm. But just over the course of time, repeated action, um, I've become very comfortable with it. Now I sometimes create videos that are specifically targeting those people like I published one today that is all about the best towns surrounding Iowa City, because Mm -hmm. it's a conversation that I've had over and over. People say, oh, I'm thinking about living in Iowa City, but I don't think I want to live there. Where else should I look at? Well, Anybody who lives here <laughs> anybody who lives here is going to rattle off the usual suspects. Well, there's Coraville, there's North Liberty, there's Tiffin, there's Solon, there's West Branch and you you just keep ratcheting outwards. So this video was just specifically about our core 5. Of course there's more. Um and I did mention in the video there's more, but I don't have time in this video. Yeah. So the the video may seem like a no-brainer, to people who are already here, but it is exactly what a relocation client wants to know about. Right. And I guess that's that's how I I became this relocation
0: expert. The number one in that market.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. So and how about that,
0: you? Where do your leads come from for Williamsburg?
2: Honestly, like I would say 90% is like word of mouth. And each client I take on, like I'm going above and beyond doing my absolute best I can, hoping that like I'll get that review and mm-hmm. like I was always taught at the very beginning of real estate like you've got to market like crazy for the first five years and then after that it will come type of thing mm-hmm. because people will be talking about and that could not be more true, but also like maybe some people have the perception like you know your mom was in real estate for thirty years, so you kind of like had that business, which I did have a you know a book of business as well, but I didn't like just. Hey, hang on to that. And just, I had to go beyond that, start billboards and, you know, like take the marketing to the next level to be able to add both my sisters on, you know, like that was never really the intention, but basically like from 16 on, I was dead set that I had to do real estate. Like it wasn't something that, you know, I did not want to do the whole college run. And it was like, Mm -hmm.
1: so. So you didn't. You didn't back into it accidentally the way so many other people do end up in real estate.
2: Yes. And I do think like that perception maybe is like, oh, you know, you just did it to do it type of thing. But Mm -hmm. it's like I've always kind of had my mind set on it. And our roots run deep in Williamsburg. You know, my dad's a builder. My brother and brother-in-law are builders. And Mm -hmm. um, my grandfather was a builder in Williamsburg. So it's not like it, you know, it it is something that I feel like just drawn to overall.
1: And now you've got your little children. Yes. And my kids will sell real estate. (laughs) That is not an option. (laughs) Kidding.
0: Well, it's a family business. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost like you're the Williamsburg mafia.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I will say like, I now want to say like, we're more like Iowa County because we like have expanded. I mean, We sell a ton in Marengo as well. And we have a lot of business there. Like, it's not like it's just Williamsburg, but like Iowa County, I feel comfortable in any neighborhood in Marengo. Like, I could tell you a lot about that too, you know? Yeah. It's more like when I get to like Iowa City, for example, like I forget that you have to pay to park and Mm. like, Mm -hmm. you know, that I gotta allow myself an extra 10 minutes for like, you know, it's just finding different. a parking spot. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no grub hub. There's no n- yeah. like there's one option for everything. Like mm-hmm. there's not multiple. So it's a treat when I'm.
1: So let's talk a little bit about how agents decide what that niche is going to be, because that is a that is a hard decision. I remember talking to someone who was somewhat of a mentor to me and she told me. You need to choose a niche. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to limit myself. I felt like I was going to be leaving business on the table if I chose something and focused a lot of energy on it. Do you guys have any tips on how people could choose what their specialty is going to be?
0: Well, I think you need to start with doing an individual SWOT analysis of yourself. Like, yeah. where do you live? What do you like? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Therefore, what do pe- you know, people do business with people they like? So what will other people then relate to you for? uh, And start with that and see if that doesn't narrow down and figure out what that is. I mean, if you live in a condo, you're probably someone that's drawn to condos for these reasons. And you probably like the condo because you like having the association amenities. And maybe you live in a condo that's downtown because you like being near restaurants and all the activities, the theater and all these things. And so you might naturally be more prone to being in a condo market. If Mm -hmm. you live out in suburbia, you might be more of a suburban person. I think figuring that out is a first. Big step, uh, and doing like a SWAT and business analysis of where you kind of stand personally, mm-hmm. yeah, and then mapping out where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for her, you know, you said you started in Williamsburg, but then you mapped out, hey, I'm kind of doing more in the county, and so I can move up and do some more rural sales as well. And now I'm in Marengo and now I'm happen to be here and there, you know. And I think yeah. you expanded based on just kind of doing a general over the year business plan and, and and kind of setting up goals.
2: Yeah, and. One thing like I really focused on was neighborhoods and like Mm. I sent like gobs of postcards and like every couple months, a new postcard, a new postcard, a new postcard, but to the same neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, figuring out which areas you're comfortable with, what you know about them, that type of thing and going towards, you know, and stay on their radar. You know, like it takes several times for them to see your face to think, okay, yeah, I would give them a try or like they see you and think real estate. So I feel like, you know, figuring out the area and neighborhood that you're like most attracted to or want to sell in Mm -hmm. and just continue to market to them.
1: Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about how the Bellin team interacts with the community as a whole in Williamsburg. I've noticed on your social media that you guys seem very invested in your community. Do you feel like being being social about your financial commitment, your time commitment to to the community as a whole really helps solidify your position as Williamsburg's, you know, main agents? Hmm. There's always, like, good and bad with that. Like,
2: again, you want to expand, so, like, you don't want to be stuck in, like, one area. But, like, Mm -hmm. if I'm being Mm -hmm. honest, like... I'm giving back everything to where I'm from, like, mm-hmm. my hometown, like, and where I'm going to be for the next. I'm going to raise my kids there. They're going to be going to the schools there. So, I like, we all devote all of our, like, time, energy, efforts. And it wasn't necessarily like a, you know, like a marketing thing. It was mm-hmm. more just like, hey, I We're my doing entire it anyway. family lives yeah. here. Like, if I'm going to give back, that's going to be maybe, like, you know, the first place that I go towards. Just kind of how I was saying with mm-hmm. – if I know somebody in Williamsburg that sells something that I'm looking for, that's going to like be my first go-to, you know?
1: Interesting. So Adam, do you have anybody that you look up to in the, in the luxury realm or do you, do you have somebody that you're aspiring towards? Like when you get up there at the pinnacle, who do you look at as something that you're chasing after?
0: I'm on the top. There's no <laughs>
1: other
0: No, I'm yes. kidding. So, yeah. you know, I think I think I think what we need to do is is you always gotta keep track of your competitors. I mm-hmm. I think I think I do own my market pretty well. And so I think I most people are looking at me for comparison for mm-hmm. that luxury high end. I do look at a couple of my competitors. We stay in touch and you know, we we're always sharing information because we're gonna have, you know, we need to help you. We need to all work together, right? Mm-hmm. Like so you know, they might have a buyer, I might have a seller, you know, vice versa. And so we all need to stay communicating to make sure that we can help each other out. But I think my tip would be this. I think you can look outside your own market. Like there's, there's a Williamsburg all across the country, right? There is a luxury market all across the country. Everyone is going to be relocating into a market from across the country. So look at leaders in other markets. And I, here's my tip. I keep always five people in my inner circle. And they're not locals. They're all from all over the country. These are five people that I follow that I try to learn from and how they do it in their market, how they're a leader in their market. And many of them make me look like a small fish. They're they're big. They own their market. They do it really well. And so I really want to kind of see how they do this, learn from them, imitate from them, expand my own knowledge and resources. And I think that's the best tip that I can give you on how to kind of you know who you look up to Mm -hmm. and so that's for me it's external Mm -hmm. but um i think there are you know sometimes there's one from the local market that i kind of keep you know and watch and you know even even if they're your main competitor what's the old saying better to keep your 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 enemies enemies close close, you know and so you know you always want to it and i I don't treat fellow colleagues agents our colleagues they are not really we all work together right like Mm -hmm. the client that i do onesie twosie deals with i might do three dozen with you in my lifetime
2: mm-hmm. you know and
0: so keeping those relationships and doors open yeah. I think is very important
2: and I will say like that's probably most <clears throat> impressive when I think of you as like you're constantly educating yourself and like I am but I don't feel like I'm on to like your level you know I feel like you have so much knowledge but you're constantly watching other people and I do the same thing like yeah. I'm watching a Nashville agent and I'm watching right. a, but I feel like you really like put it to action and like oh,
0: you're stroking my ego <laughs> be, <laughs>
1: my careful, Lexi. be careful be <laughs> careful <laughs> that was not the end.
0: no but i think i think that's good right like you're uh, you're learning from me you learn from others i learn from others i learn from you we all learn from each other and i yeah. think i think it's important that we do look to others and we ask others for help and questions when we need it because yeah you know if i'm going to go to williamsburg I might probably just refer someone because it's not what I know. But yeah, if yeah. I do, then I, ca- I know that I can call you and get some tips. And I hope that yeah. somebody's doing, has a listing in a luxury market or has a buyer in a luxury market. They might call me and ask me some tips or look for some help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Ask when you are, when you're trying to learn in an area that you're not 100% confident in. Yes. Absolutely. Training wheels first, right? All right. Well, I think that's a wrap for this episode of Hear This. Thanks so much for dropping in with us, Lexi. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. We'll catch you later. Thanks.